looking forward to that collab with Goo. I know, is it going to be your graphics and his shapes or how's it going to work? Welcome to the Finger Space Podcast, a weekly show where we will dive deep into the history, stories, and controversies surrounding the fingerboarding community. Welcome to the Finger Space Podcast. I'm your host, Nostalgia FB, and we are excited to be chatting with Kem's Fingerboards. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button on your streaming platform of choice. This show is sponsored by Fingerspace Co., which provides fingerboard gear for writers of all skill levels and budgets. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Kems. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. So, man, the first question we like to ask all of our guests that come onto the show is, how did you hear about and get into fingerboarding? Well, I've been skateboarding since about 1997. And my brother was 10 years older than me. He was skateboarding also. And ever since I was little, I've always kind of been around it. Grew up, you know, loving Ninja Turtles. They skated, everything. So skateboarding was always really cool to me. Not that I skated when I was that young. But my brother had, they weren't necessarily fingerboards. They were skateboard toys. And he had quite a few. I don't know if you remember those like clear plastic like keychain with the paper graphic inside. It was like a fingerboard. People would take them off the keychain, toss grip tape on them and, and use them to fingerboard, I guess. Yeah, these were the ones that came uh, before, right before Tech Deck, weren't they? I think they were around many years probably before that, yeah. yeah I, because I know I've chatted with people like uh, like Timo Kranz, for instance, and he, he talks about how those were the thing before Tech Decks ever came along. You're the first person I've heard that said that they would put grip tape on them to actually use them. I didn't know people actually did that. Yeah, so to elaborate on it, back then I was always around skateboarding. Whenever I turned 11, I was like getting into middle school and what was cool. And I think that because, you know, skateboarding was already familiar with me and I just like gravitated towards it, started skateboarding. I mean, I always had a fingerboard. Maybe it was one that my brother had that I snatched from him or... There was actually a kid that I skated with in sixth grade, and he would make paper fingerboards, like pressed paper fingerboards with like plastic beads as the wheels. And he would sell them to you for five bucks. Like you give him your lunch money for one of these. And yeah, so that was kind of like my first introduction into it. And then, of course, when Tech Deck came out, it was insane. I remember when Tech Deck came out and thinking back then like how much I loved skateboarding just when I had started, I was like obsessed with Tech Deck. And as soon as I had any money or if I could go to the store and get one, I would, I got so many, I had like too many and, you know, always like messing with them in class and whatever. And I remember one time I was in geometry class and some kid, he was like, he was like, Hey, can I see that? And he started like actually fingerboarding, like, because I would just do pressure flips. You know, I didn't realize that I'm actually doing the same tricks, right? He started doing like kickflip 50-50s on, on our geometry book. Oh, wow. And I was like, this is so cool. I was always into skateboard. I've been skateboarding since then. And I've always had a tech deck on hand and never really seriously played with it. But I always had one in my pocket or in my car or in my backpack. And not until a little over four years ago did I find the fingerboard world. And I found it through Instagram. I always kind of knew that it was there, like there were pro fingerboards and wooden fingerboards, but I never really searched to find it. And then one day I was into model trains. I was painting graffiti for some time and 
that led me to work painting on model trains and stuff. And then one day I started just thinking about it. Hey, I'm going to make a fingerboard. And I started looking it up. I found all these amazing small brands on Instagram. Two of them that I remember right away were Simple Decks and Beast Pants. Those like popped up on my feed as I was searching and I saw these split plies and I had no idea. You know, I, I was like split plies like this doesn't make any sense, you know, and I immediately bought a broken knuckle and then messed around with that. And immediately after that, days later, I got a like a gator mold and I started making my own fingerboards, you know. And from that point on is when I actually like started fingerboarding with wooden boards foam tape and, and the whole deal. Man, so that that was the start of chems, I'm assuming, once you got that mold and started making them yourself? Yeah, yeah, actually. So my old Instagram account, which is now just my skateboarding account, it's chems underscore skate. So that used to be my graffiti account. And I would just do graffiti art on walls, canvases, model trains. And at the time, I was selling a lot of art through Instagram. And what I wrote in graffiti is chems. So when I started making fingerboards, I naturally started painting graffiti on them. And then like I had zero plan of actually selling them. But what happened was it was insane. The, the fingerboard scene on Instagram, like everybody was so open and welcoming, ready to give like pointers, like, no, don't use a gator mold or you want to use like this type of wood or this and that. Like, here's how you can like drill your holes straight and stuff like this. So they're just like, hey, will you make a board for me? Just random people, you know, and they ended up being friends over time. Everybody was so welcoming and the community seemed like so DIY that I just didn't stop. Once I made my own and I was continuing to do that, like people were so welcoming that I just continued to do so. And it quickly led to, you know, I need to figure out how to make my own custom mold and I need to be able to offer a decent fingerboard for these people who are asking me to make one for them. And, and so then my graffiti name just naturally moved right over to the fingerboards and I ended up making a separate Instagram. And then I basically abandoned my painting and just started focusing completely on fingerboards. Okay. I mean, you seem to be very, I don't know if it's, I don't want to say naturally because a lot of people work hard at it, but a very artistic and creative individual. I think that your, your painting and your artistic background translates very well into your fingerboards and your craftsmanship, but especially into the graphics you have. What's kind of the inspiration behind your artwork? Because it varies significantly, but it's all super, super dope. So with that, I started doing my own graphics yeah, from my background, and it was mostly graffiti inspired, but there's a lot of inspiration from it. So I, I feel like there's a whole very long story before all of this, but to make it short, I was in a band for some years. I tried actually to start a, my own skateboard brand about four years before I started Chem's Fingerboards. And I've always been trying to like do things that require art or graphics and, and things of that sort, like making band merch, CD album covers or shirts or anything like this. So yeah, I'm really big into artwork. So combining artwork with skateboard, that's my two favorite things. And so basically what things are like now is... Uh, 
I have my background in art. However, I'm not the artist on all of the graphics. What I am able to do is I I contact smaller artists from around the world, people that I really like admire their art. Most of it's character drawings, like the characters that you see on my graphics, mostly inspired by like what I liked long ago, which was always like skulls, tigers, lightning bolts, you know, just what I've always loved since I was a kid. Um, and I find these artists and I ask them, you know, I find them on Instagram. I ask them, hey, you know, I have this fingerboard brand. Can I hire you to do a custom drawing or are you selling any of your existing character artwork? And basically, depending on what they want, I'll pay them. I'm able to pay them to use that graphic and then they allow it. And then normally I'll send them like one of every colorway that I make with their graphic. And then if I make a skateboard with that graphic, I'll send them one as well. So it's amazing. It's super cool. And the first skateboard brand that I tried to make had the same idea to collaborate with artists from around the world, but I quickly failed on that one. And then over time, Kems just ended up developing into that. And I'm beyond thankful that these artists will work with me. And I believe that they're happy as well to be paid and recognized for their art. So on a lot of my posts, especially when I introduce a new graphic, I always will tag the artist and you can go check out their page and stuff like that. That's super awesome. And, and yeah, for anybody listening, if you go onto his page, it is just absolutely covered in different artwork. And it's absolutely amazing. I love it. And I give you mad props and respect, especially for letting people know who the artists are and giving them credit where credit's due, because this art thing is, is a hustle and it's a grind. And I'm sure you know. Mm -hmm. So Fingerboarding kind of seems to involve a lot of the the passions that you kind of had. I mean, miniatures, skateboarding, artwork, design, it kind of seemed to be the perfect fit. Oh, yeah. It's a dream. I, I never imagined like it's the wildest dream. So your page is your brand, Kems, is pretty big. I mean, you're nearing 40,000 followers on Instagram. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. How did that come to be in a relatively short amount of time? I mean, you said you started around 2017. How have you had that much traction and growth? Well, it's really hard to say. It actually blows my mind. I, I'm not positive if Instagram nowadays, if I were to start from scratch again, if I could do that again with the algorithm and everything. I mean, maybe I see people grow really quickly on Instagram even now, but I feel like it was something to do with the growth of fingerboarding at the time, 2017. You know, I feel like at that time it was bigger than it had ever been before. And it came to a lot of mainstream media maybe not mainstream, rather like maybe more YouTube videos popping up and people becoming more curious about it. Yeah, I really don't know how it grew to the point where it is, but I just kind of devoted myself to it and the Instagram. And I started trying to post regularly, especially after a certain point. I said to myself, OK, I'm going to post once to twice a day and keep this content rolling. You know, that helped my creativity and I just keep going with it. Basically, I think what it comes down to is like if you're completely passionate about something and if you act on that, you know, those things that you're passionate about and you share with others, you know, people naturally like to see that. 
if you're passionate about it, you share about it, people like it, and it's just like a reciprocal thing. And the fingerboard community is like super supportive. They're so DIY. It was just such a natural thing that happened. And I'm super thankful, like extremely thankful that the scene accepted me where I was whenever I started. And then as I continued to grow and change. So yeah, if I were to give any advice for anyone who wanted to start and build a successful Instagram, if you are truly passionate about it, and if it's something that you want to do, then make a deal with yourself to do it. And it'll happen for you too. I like that. I like that. And kind of how you mentioned from what it sounds like to me in my perspective, what you kind of mentioned with the kind of golden era, our most modern golden era in fingerboarding, you know, 2016, 2017 years when it was kind of booming. It sounds like it was the right place, the right time and the right preparation. And it all kind of just led itself to be the most perfect opportunity for somebody like yourself to get right into this. Yeah, definitely. So looking at your website, it's a ton of fingerboard products, but you also have a ton of skateboarding or not a ton, but some skateboarding gear as well. How do you like to kind of make these two things coexist, the fingerboarding and the skateboarding side of things? Well, skateboarding, it's my number one favorite thing to do. You know, that's what got me into fingerboarding, of course. And every single day I skate. Skateboarding, I just love it that much more. I've been skateboarding for 24 years. And even recently, I've started skating more than I maybe even ever have. And I'm really super stoked whenever I see other people that fingerboard also skateboarding. It's really fun to watch, but it's it's also like, I don't know, it's kind of weird because not everybody, fingerboarding kind of became its own thing. So like as with how much I love skateboarding and how much I try to bring it into the fingerboard world and, you know, obviously fingerboarding would not exist without skateboarding. It mimics skateboarding, but, but fingerboarding has become almost a separate thing and kids start fingerboarding before they ever skate and even it goes opposite some kids start skateboarding because they had a fingerboard first. And I don't know, I think that it's just awesome that they both exist. And as time goes on, things change. The popularity of both go up and down. Now, with my skateboard products, like right now, I only have wheels and bearings on the site. Skateboards are sold out at the moment, but they'll be back. And those don't sell quite as well as the fingerboards, but obviously I'm not making as many of them either. But anyone who like buys a set of wheels or buys a skateboard and a fingerboard, like that's this, the coolest order, you know, especially whenever I have like a matching fingerboard and skateboard graphic in stock at the same time. And it's just like both of my obsessions to the extreme. And uh, it's really fun. It's really fun to bring them both together. Yeah. And that they could both be brought together so seamlessly. It's really awesome because I've always wondered because there's not many fingerboard brands that have awesome graphics that make full size boards, like actual skateboards. The only other one that I can think of that comes to my mind is really like Berlin. Wood. Yeah, Berlinwood. Catfish was doing some for a while. And Tricky, I don't know if you know Tricky FB, he was making some full-size boards. There's a few others, but yeah, it's not as common. So would you say, because you've been skating a lot longer than you've been fingerboarding, but would you say your since you started Chems, a fingerboard brand, has that changed your perspective on skating at all? Actually, yeah, it probably has. I remember whenever I started getting into pro fingerboards, how absolutely obsessed I became with like, I need these bushings, like I need these white bushings or these blue bushings and I need these wheels and I need the 32 millimeter tech deck truck. 
I became so obsessed with building my setups and how they performed and how they looked. Well, I never felt like that. I mean, I did feel like that with my skateboards in the beginning. Whenever my brother first took me to a skate shop, you know, I was like, I need these wheels and this skateboard and these, you know, everything. I had to have it just right. But once I found fingerboarding, I feel like it kind of rejuvenated that feeling for me with skateboarding as well. So I started paying attention more to the fine details of my skateboard setups as well. And and now like I've gone a little overboard and now both with fingerboarding and skateboarding, fingerboarding kind of rejuvenated this part of me, almost like made me a kid again with skateboarding. And I think that's one reason why now I've been more obsessed with skateboarding than I ever have. And I do feel like a nostalgia, even though I've never stopped. I feel like maybe quite a bit more nostalgia now, just whenever I'm at the skate park or rolling around the streets. And I think that was kind of just rejuvenated by how involved I become in fingerboarding and then using that again to be able to produce skateboards as well. So yeah, it definitely makes me happy, but that's about as much as it has changed. No, but it's cool that you were able to kind of relive or like you mentioned, like you rejuvenate that almost kid-like feeling, Christmas morning feeling, just being happy to nitpick certain things. And I think that comes with all types of hobbies, but especially in fingerboarding, getting, like you mentioned, the right setup, the right things, hunting for certain things that you want. And there, there's no feeling like it. Yeah, true. Now, by a skateboarder's perspective, what were your first thoughts whenever you saw a $150 fingerboard complete when you can get, you know, an actual skate set up for 120 bucks? I think it's kind of a natural progression to being okay with spending that gear or that money on a fingerboard. You know, I didn't buy pro trucks for quite a while. I had a pro deck, urethane wheels, pro bushings. You know, the whole deal, everything before I jumped to actually getting Dynamics or BRTs. However, even though like it took me a while to make that jump, I think at that point I was already spending money on the tooling that I needed in order to make my own fingerboards. Also, because I was already familiar with working with model trains and stuff, a lot of that can get very expensive as well. You know, into the hundreds, you can pay $100 for a model train easy. And so I was a little reluctant to spend the cash on it, but I don't think it threw me off too much because I was accustomed to things, to hobby sorts of things like that already. Okay, so you're already used to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so in closing, because I feel like what you just mentioned is a good segue into this. What is your favorite piece of fingerboard gear or gadget or gizmo that you own? Why? Well, there's a lot of them. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, spending the money. So I think right now, one of my favorites and like every time I get a new one, it's always so awesome. Even if it's the exact same one is my NFB molds. So for the longest time, whenever I started making fingerboard molds, like I never did the Bondo mold stuff. And, you know, people say like, you know, I I just I didn't come in. I was after that. I was already like 3D printing and everything. So I was like figuring out my shapes by 3D printing. I'm not a machinist and I don't know how to machine stuff, but I ended up because of me getting into fingerboarding, there's a local maker space. It's like a small lab that has 3D printers and woodworking 
stuff at metalworking like mills. I actually taught myself how to 3D model and mill um, my own metal molds. And what I would do is first I would 3D print them to test the shapes. And then I'd go to the lab and I'd mill my own molds. And I had help modeling from a friend that I found on Instagram. And then so I would run the master cam and put the aluminum in the vise and and mill the molds myself from two separate parts of aluminum because I was too stingy to just buy the NFB mold. And I should have bought the NFB mold from the beginning. But after I milled a few molds and after it was such a headache, I break bits off during the milling process and stuff like that. I ended up finally spending the cash on an NFB mold and it was the coolest thing. He just makes them so well and they're just so beautiful. Like when you first take the mold apart, it's just amazing. So the molds are definitely my favorite because they like, you know, they make it happen. It's the core of everything. Man, that's awesome. Jim, who runs NFB, his work is definitely second none. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. But do you think going through that process and giving yourself those headaches, trying to mill your own molds gave you a greater appreciation for these NFB molds? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I just thought I could do everything, you know, and I did. I figured it out, but it took me so long. And it, even though my molds worked well, they still did not have like the finish that Jim's molds have. Yeah. yeah, they're beautiful. I definitely appreciate it more because of my headaches involved. That's awesome. I, I, I Honestly, I wasn't expecting that answer to be, be your molds, but I guess for anybody that's, that's gone through your kind of situation, I, I can see why you appreciate them and love them so much. Mm-hmm. So my, my last question for you is to anybody listening to this, I know you touched on it a little bit earlier, What's one piece of advice that you would give them if they kind of want to follow in your footsteps and be like you for that person listening that looks up to you, to Kems? I would say, you know, make sure that you're whatever it is that you're doing, make sure that it's something that you're passionate about. And if you truly like want to figure out and know more then search about it and be respectful to people that you're interacting with on, you know, whether it's a customer or an acquaintance or someone that's sharing information with you. I would say as long as you're having fun and you're passionate and courteous to others that you can do anything you want. Man, I couldn't have said any of that better myself. Kems, thank you so much for coming on to the show, sharing your story, your knowledge, and your wisdom. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, for sure. Can I give a couple shout outs real quick? Of course you can. Time is yours. So coming up very soon, my good friend Goo LTD, he makes fingerboards. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Goo. Yes, Mr. Goo. Yeah, so him and I have a new collaboration coming up. It'll be releasing here soon. So it'll be new graphics. And along with that collaboration, I'll have a new shape releasing as well. And I want to give a shout out to my team writers, Brian, Jeff, Audie, and Stone. All those guys, you can check those guys out on my Instagram. You'll find them here and there. I post videos of them and tag them. And they're also up on my YouTube channel. And that's about it. All right. Awesome, man. So everybody, make sure to check out the Instagram, the socials. Looking forward to that collab with Goo. I know. Is it going to be your graphics and his shapes or how's it going to work? It's a little different, but you'll just have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. I I knew you were going to say that. Thank you very much, Kems, again. It's been an absolute pleasure. And we're looking forward to what you have coming up next. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. All right, man. Stay safe. All right. Later. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Finger Space Podcast. Thanks for skating by. And don't forget to nosebonk that subscribe button and dark slide on over to our Discord server. 
This episode was produced by Fingerspace Co. and hosted by Nostalgia FB. Big thanks to all guests and listeners.